Hello and welcome to Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast. I'm Casey Smith and here's what's on the show this week. There's the issue of promotion and relegation. Should it be happening? I'll be giving you my thoughts on that a little bit later on. Also, there's the issue of games being postponed in Super League. Is it descending into a bit of a farce now, the Super League? And there's a whole round of fixtures to review across the divisions. But first... My guest this week is Chris Hamilton, chairman of Oldham Ruffyheads. It's been a tough time for them in recent weeks, and they're currently in the relegation zone. They've turned a few heads in appointing Brian McDermott as the coach till the end of the season in an effort to stay up. But I first asked Chris Hamilton why he felt it were the right time to change coaches. Um, well, the, the simple thing is if you, if you look at our results, they obviously have been poor. And yeah. um, as much as anything, it, it's been us beating ourselves with the mistakes that we've made. And, you know, it was uh, getting to the point where something had to change to give us an opportunity, uh, a chance to try and get ourselves out of uh, the hole we're in. And uh, unfortunately for, for Matt, you know, it was uh, the head coach's position that uh, had to change. In the uh, statement, you said... You know, the mistakes were no, not necessarily down to the coaching. So, was it for that it was him that had to go? Um, well, the old saying is that it's easier to sack the coach than it is to sack 20-odd players. And, yeah. You know, there was probably a, a, an element of that. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously uh, I see every training session, etc. And I know that the stuff that they were doing in training was was quality stuff, um, you know, but like I say, unfortunately, the, the, the way of the world and the way of professional sport is that ultimately it's, um, it's the head coach that uh, is, is responsible for, for what happens, even though sometimes, you know, you've heard the term coach killers and that was yeah. very appropriate in, in the way that, you know, we were playing and the mistakes we were making. So you brought in uh, Brian McDermott. So how did that come about? <laughs> um, I just thought I had nothing to lose by aiming at the very top. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brian was a, a man that likes a challenge that, you know, inflows his ball, being up against it, um, you know, doing things the, the hard way. Um, that's the type of character he is and that's the type of, Coach he is, he's never shirked um, anything like this and, you know, I knew it was a long shot but we spoke on the phone and then we arranged to, to meet up and obviously went from there. Yeah, and is he the man who's going to turn it around then? Uh, 100%. 100%. Um, you know, it's, uh, he's not a miracle worker, he's not going to come in this week and, you know, all of a sudden... The players become world beaters, but what he will do over the next couple of weeks is make sure that the players have got belief, that they've got the confidence, that they can go out there and get the results that we need to get. Yeah. So um, the assistant has been, you know, stepping in as the uh, interim coach, and he's coming as a coaching consultant. Just sort of explain how those two roles work and what it will look like. Well, basically, Brian is, is the head coach and Brendan Sheridan will still be assistant coach. Right. Obviously, they'll, they'll work together. Um, and it's it's more or less a coaching consultancy because, obviously, uh, initially, it's just a, a short-term appointment to the end of this season and then we, we review it and go from there. <laughs> Do you think you can keep, keep him on for longer? <laughs> <laughs> well, after, after this week, never say never. Yeah. But, uh, you know, let's see where we get to. Yeah. Uh, so you've said it's a dog fight. Do you think you've got the squad up for that? Definitely. Um, you know, Brian's only done one session with them, but you know, I, I know it'll sound perhaps a bit unbelievable, really, to, to people outside of the group. But you know, the things that he, he said, which will obviously remain confidential, and, yeah. and uh, the way he held their attention and. You know, the way that players were, were buying in right from the very word go about what they need to do and uh, things like that, you know, does fill me with confidence that we, we can get out of this situation. 
Yeah. And from watching the games this year, what do you think has actually gone wrong for you? Um, I think the main thing, particularly in the last few games, is that the players' confidence is absolutely on the floor. Um, You know, and that's leading to mistakes, you know, whether that be a fear factor, uh, sounds deaf, but the more friends you are making a mistake, the more you probably tend to do them. Um, You know, they've been playing with a, a bit of a weight on the shoulders, and obviously, you know, that's one of the things that we're... We're very much working on to remove. Yeah, and we're looking at some of the stats recently, and I think in the first half, uh, Oldham, they've only scored more than one try in the first half, I think, once all season. Is that something you've noticed, that maybe you're sort of a slow starter in games? Um, I'm not so, so sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, we haven't started some games well, but... You know, what's happened, and it's, it's a bit like the snowball effect, you know, as as results go against you for whatever reason, you know, and your confidence is low, um, you do tend to make more mistakes. And, and what that has led to with us is not having the amount of ball that ordinarily you would expect us to have. So yeah. That limits the amount of times that you can score. It limits where you're getting the ball, you know, you grab the ball potentially more than the opposition, but every time you get it, you're on your own line, then clearly you're up against it. So there's all kinds of factors. I don't think it's a, a black and white one, but, you know, obviously at the end of the day, um, it, it is something that we're, we're intending to put right. Yeah, and looking at the remaining games of the season, I think there's 10 or, you know, there's not many left. Yeah. Uh, have you looked at how many you actually need to get or is it just like a game by game thing yeah it's hard to say isn't it because you know although we're a little bit adrift at the moment a couple of wins you know absolutely turns turns things around and and, you know there there are a few more teams uh, than us in in a dog fight at the minute Uh, so I don't think you can sort of say if we win X number of games yeah. we'll be safe I mean if we win 10 games we'll be safe <laughs> um, but, but obviously you know you've also got to be realistic and um, you know we've just got to be aiming and we will be aiming to, to win every game that we possibly can yeah and in terms of players are you looking at bringing anybody in um, yes uh, we, we've been looking for a while, uh, as we have in previous years. This year it's quite hard because obviously, you know, with the COVID situation, clubs are reluctant to to let anybody go because, you know, even though the, the loan period, the initial loan period is only two weeks, quite often, yeah, you know, we find that people are having outbreaks regardless of whether that's led to games being postponed or having outbreaks, which means that they then short themselves. Uh, so there is a, a general reluctance um, to sort of do that. Certainly, you know the, the, the quality and caliber of players that we're looking to bring in. There's a reluctance about that. Yeah. And also, it's another fact at the minute that quite a lot of clubs have, have, have got you know substantially injury lists. So you know their first and foremost uh, prerogative is to look after their own club's interests. So it's, it's a bit difficult, but you know we. We're on the radar with uh, with every Super League club and, and a few of the Championship clubs, and you know we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. So, in terms of like the closeness of any of these, it, are, you, are you close to getting anyone in, or is it you know sort of like at the start? Um, well, it's basically at the start. Clubs yeah. know we're looking for players. You know, positions where we're looking for uh, the type of players we're looking for, but at the minute, nobody's got anything available. Right. And so, so if you did bring anyone in, would it be on these two-week loans that we've seen so far? Again, hard to say. It's probably, you know, as much as anything, that, that's down to the parent club. Right. Um, it, it's probably more likely to be the, the two-week initially because... You know, beyond that two weeks, then it's a bigger risk for them in case they need to call somebody back. But, um, you know, that's a discussion that's, that sort of takes place, you know, when there is an opportunity to, to get somebody in. So we, we obviously have an open mind on it, depending who it is. And what do you think is the thing that's going to keep you in the Championship? Is it going to be 
you know, a belief that they can actually win games? Is that the thing that's going to get you in the champ, keep you in the championship? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, you've got to go on that that field each week, believing that you can win the game, and making sure that you know your mindset is such that whoever your opponent is, you are not going to beat us. And uh, I know that sounds simplistic and you know a bit bit too sort of bland, if you like. But you know that that is the starting point. Obviously, your skill set, your determination, your application comes into it, but, you know, if you don't go on that pitch in the first instance believing that you can win the game, then it's incredibly hard for that to happen. Yeah, and we've seen in recent weeks about, um, well, we spoke about this last time, you know, RFL and Super League realigning, the the talks are underway with that. What are your thoughts? Well, I've always been a big advocate of the fact that it should have been that way, you know, and there shouldn't have been a breakaway. I understand that as the elite competition that there are some um, principles and some causes that the Super League need to have uh, an element of control over. Everybody gets that, but you know I, I think that there is a way that that can be done under the umbrella of you know a United game. If you was to go down this year, what would that mean for you know sustainability? Obviously, it has a, a, an impact um, just because of uh, you know the finances, and obviously, right now nobody knows what the finances are going to look like for either the championship or the league one next year. Yeah, and, and that's why you know talks are currently taking place between Super League, Championship, and League One reps in the NFL to to find out you know what parts or what elements of the new Super League deal um, those clubs are prepared to, to filter down to to the governing body and to clubs outside of, you know, that elite competition. Yeah. Uh, one last question. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but recently, uh, Rochdale Hornets, they were inviting all of the community clubs, basically, to their home fixtures, you know, for free, including uh, Oldham St. Hans, St. Hans and, Sad- and the Saddleworth Club. You know, some might say, you know, how come, like, Oldham Ruffyheads aren't doing something like this? What would you say to that? Well, there's no short answer other than that pre-COVID, um, we used to do things like that on a regular basis. Yeah. One of the problems that, that we have is that because of the, the nature and the layout of the ground um, down at Stanley Bridge, we're severely restricted on capacity because of COVID restrictions and social distancing, um, and therefore not able to, to do it at the present time. So that is something you'd look to be doing, you know, post, well, we, we're supposed to be having the restrictions gone 19th of July. I'll wait till that date comes and then see. But, you know, post all that, you'd you'd look be looking to get back into doing stuff like that. Post all that, yeah, we would absolutely be looking to work with the community match day programme that we had ongoing successfully, both at White Bank, when we're in League One and down at Stirlbridge when we've been in the Championship. Chris Hamilton there. Now we get on to the issue of promotion and relegation. It's been a bit of a talking point this week, you know. Does the one-up-one down actually work? Well, I agree, there's problems with it because, um, you know, let's look at Lee this year. They've lost all, every single one of their games. You look at um, Toronto. Well, that was a that was a disaster. But I firmly believe in promotion and relegation. It has to stay for me. I do not agree with licensing, which you'll know from listening to previous episodes. So, you know, I won't go over old news. But there's an issue at the moment in that the championship is largely part-time and Super League isn't. So the step-up is massive. And, you know, uh, for a team that is going up, for them, it's hard to attract players because, you know, everyone's thinking, well, why will I go to Lee? 
when they'll just be back down again next year. Or they'll get somebody on a one-year contract and then they'll be they were going elsewhere the year after. So the recruitment process is incredibly tough for a newly promoted side. There's the, the now... We've got the new Sky deal coming in uh, next season. The money for the Super League clubs is reducing. And back when that new deal was announced, I'm sure I saw a report saying that the deal was significantly lower. But in previous deals, a lot of money has gone into Championship and League One. Well, in in the agreement that I saw, which was not finalised, it was just... In the event that the, it was a paper saying in the event that the deal is reduced, this amount will go to Championship. This amount will go to League One, and that figure stood at zero. And when it was done that way, actually the Super League clubs stayed on the same money, because they weren't sending any money uh, below. So if we work into that uh, mantra, then the money is reducing. But it's those in the Championship and League One that will be affected. So those wanting to come up, the Featherstones and whatnot, they'll be they'll be having less money. Whether this uh, new Championship and League One TV deal that was spoken about last week, news is supposedly on the horizon with that, talks are ongoing, whether that's going to be some sort of replacement for this central distribution remains to be seen whether it will be worth the same or whether it will be less. We we don't know until they come out and say something about it. So we've got them issues running alongside each other. So, you know, there is a real big problem with the way the leagues are operating at the moment and it is incredibly tough for someone to come up and stay there. So people have suggested, well, they should have a a grace period where they don't get relegated or we should have a licensing. But there's all sorts of limitations and unpalatable things around that, which, you know, I'd, I'd rather have the promotion and relegation, to be honest. And for me, this year, it's been... This has been brought to the forefront because... Lee have lost every single one of their games. What have they played thirteen now? Yep, thirteen and lost thirteen. So at the moment we're all saying, well, you know, promotion and relegation doesn't work. You know, look at Lee, they've lost every single one of their games. But I think this year is di- totally different because they they were they were promoted through uh, an application process. They didn't actually perform on the field you know who knows last year Lee could have been mid table they could they could have been in the playoffs but they might not have got anywhere near it so you know were the best team necessarily promoted you know we'll never know I suppose um, they were promoted at such a late stage so recruitment was made you know ten times harder and for me, promotion and relegation, has it actually been given a real chance? Because I think it's only in the last few years that we've actually had this system of one up, one down. And remember when London were in and, and they went right until the final day? I think they won 10 games or something, you know, 9, or nine 8 or 10 around that, uh, you know, ballpark. Was anybody saying that it didn't work then? For me... You know, nobody was mentioning that then. The way we get around this, I think, is because for me, this this ties in with the uh, Super League postponements as well. Um, we've had games called off left, right, and centre. It's funny because Championship and League One. Well, there's some postponements in League One now, but. Uh, those two leagues seem to have coped pretty well with it, to be honest. And <laughs> you'd have thought it'd be those um, teams that would be being called off because, you know, they have part-time jobs as well. So not only are they 
in the sporting environment, they're also going to work. So, you know, there's no suggestion that people are breaking the rules, but, you know, there's been a lot of postponements in Super League, and it seems every other sport has seemed to deal with that, really, but Super League's struggling. So, yeah, we've had games called off. So, you know, teams are playing with significantly reduced squads you know some have some have got strong squads and some don't let's you know look at Salford to beat Castleford what 70 points which is their record score by the way in their history they beat Castleford 70 points to 18 uh, Castleford's squad was pretty much you know fr- from the younger players and we we know why that is because next week they've got a big massive uh, game coming up, say, which is St Helens in the Challenge Cup final, and they've been making sure the players, you know, are isolating and getting making sure every single player is ready for that match. So they've they've pretty much handed Salford a win. So that they've got the best chance of winning in uh, Super League at the Challenge Cup, but I'm sure Lee will be looking at that and thinking, "Well, I wish we could have played, you know, severely reduced strength team." And yeah, they did against uh, Warrington, but then this Warrington had quite a few still. You know, they had Gareth Widdup for God's sake, and I think they had did they have Jake Mamo as well, yeah. But it, it was still reduced strength. But, you know, when we're getting games called off and we're getting teams playing each other at severely different strengths, and then, you know, is it fair? Is the, com- the competition is skewed, isn't it? We've also had game cancellations as well. And there's been a suggestion that, well, we ravitate the defeat than, you know, putting a squad out there and losing anyway. And I think, unfortunately, Super League has allowed this to happen. You know, all they've been punished with is a loss. And, you know, you only need so many wins to be in the top six anyway. So people have just said, well, we'll take the loss. I think there's been a bit of warning saying that, you know, if it's seen that they are uh, taking advantage, they will be punished. But, you know, that's only that's only today I've seen that. So, you know, I'm sure Lee would want one of their games <laughs> called off so they can win 24-0. You know, it, it seems to be a bit unfair at the moment, and if I was a Lee fan, I'd, you know... But, you know, the, in... They've had 13 games to win and they've not won any, so they're their own worst enemy, really. The reason why they're at the bottom is themselves, despite not being helped by anybody. Oh, yeah, and they didn't get the same amount of money as the rest of the the teams in Super League, so (laughs) they're already on a, a loser there. So my solution to this is let's not relegate anybody. Let's increase the competition to 14 that means Lee would stay up you know if we've got 14 teams I think the squads across Super League are going to have to the quality of them are going to have to be spread out more evenly I think now people are saying well the quality is not that good anyway but I think if you want to grow a sport and you're going to increase to 14 teams you know, there's got to be some sort of. You you can't you can't sort of try and grow something if you're not gonna, if the quality's not gonna reduce. You know, if if you're saying let's add some teams into the league, then that's inevitable. I think Toronto never got any central distribution. Lee have got reduced central distribution. Why why is that allowed to happen? You know what's what's going on there? What, 
if they're in Super League, they're in Super League, aren't they? They get the same amount of money. That's got to change. I think for too long, I've said this in, an, in another episode, for too long, we've had, you know, Salford, Huddersfield, Wakefield, Castleford, Leeds, you know, all the Super League teams, for too long, these have been far too comfortable. You know, where's where's the jeopardy for some of these clubs? They've not been in danger for, you know, years. I think Hull KR and Salford are the only ones who in recent years have been on the brink. And maybe Wakefield, but, you know, they've most of these teams haven't actually ever gone down. And the players playing for the Salfords and the Wakefields, they, they're all going to be in much danger as being relegated when we increase it to 14 teams. Because we're going to relegate two at the same time. It's no use just having one team come up because if, you know, it, I, I think it makes it much more tougher if you're just the only team who gets promoted. So, you know, if, you, if you're relegating more, if you're increasing the competition, I think players are more likely to move around clubs and they're going to think, well, you know, we might have a chance of actually you know, going with the team who's promoted because they're in as much danger as the other guys. And we've seen with some of these players, I think some are being snapped up by other clubs, you know, the younger players. Uh, we've seen from, we've seen some London Broncos players being taken to other clubs. You know, if you've got that sort of, more of a chance of getting up, if you've got two spots in the championship, then that becomes more attractive, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of the teams. So, are, are, is it going to help them to hold on to the, you know, valuable assets? I think it is. And obviously, we've talked about this central distribution. Everyone has already said it's going to decrease. It is decreasing, that's a fact. But if no money's given to the lower leagues, then it won't decrease so it'll stay the same. All these chairmen have known about this for years. They've known it's going to be happening. It's been touted for, you know, for quite a while. So they, they've planned for less money, you would hope. <laughs> so I don't see why adding, you know, two new clubs is going to, adversely affect some of their business plans because they'll have they'll have factored this in anyway you know if if you in, uh if they stay on that money that they've got i think the new deal is worth 25 million so if you share that around the 12 clubs it's about 2 million bit bit over 2 million per club now if that's put between 14 it's then something around 1.78 million so there's there's not actually a big decrease there you know you're still getting a similar amount of money for two extra teams and i think that's a price worth paying also the the championship we talk about how big of a step up it is and i think that's because only one club goes down and actually We've not seen clubs going down because we've had a weird method in recent years. We've had this Super 8s and qualifiers and all that. So most of the time, no Super League club has actually gone down. So for me, I think the quality of the championship would be increased because you're having more teams going down each year. Some would leave, obviously, but some would stay as well. That's my thoughts on how to solve this issue of one up one down and promotion and relegation and game postponements so now we'll move on to the games last week we'll start with the Wigan match it was yesterday it was free to air on YouTube <laughs> you might be hearing that for the first time because well on my Twitter feed I, I couldn't stop getting messages that it were free to air there was there was loads but they were from fans. You know, the fans did a great job of uh, promoting 
the fact that it was free to air on YouTube. Shame the same can't be said for Super League, who I think tweeted it like once, and I think that was on the day. And Sky Sports Rugby League, I didn't see nothing from them or Sky Sports at all. I think uh, towards the end of the match, there was about 1.8 thousand watching it. Just looking now, uh, stream 19 hours ago, it got 11,000 views. So 11,000 different accounts interacted with that stream. But, you know, well, why is that not being marketed properly? It it seems to be something relatively easy. You know, Super League struggles for numbers or as it is. And when you've got when you've got a golden opportunity there to actually promote something and and they've had a they've had a game free to a a couple of weeks ago as well and they did a they did a hatchet job of that as well. But the the funny thing is, I were getting uh, ping notifications from if you've got the Sky Sports app on your phone, they send notifications about what's live and what's about to start and whatnot. And I got several notifications uh, before the Wigan game, it during the Wigan game, so you know, at the same time. And it was saying, free stream. England are chasing 149 to beat India in the second women's T20I. So, yeah, we, uh, England women's cricket. And it's free to a live YouTube stream. Click here to go to the stream. So, they were quite happy to um, notify us as, uh, of the free to a cricket. That they had on YouTube, but no mention of uh, the rugby league. And when I went on it, there was three and a half thousand watching. So I don't know how well supported women's cricket is. You know, I don't follow the sport, but I I would assume that rugby league is probably more um, known than women's cricket. So with a bit of promotion from Sky Sports, he got three and a half there, three and a half thousand, and yet it's just a bit disappointing, isn't it? But yeah, that's where we are. If only the, there was a new um, network to, to take over, you know, offering a lot more money. I think we'd all snap their hands off for that. But yeah, uh, that with the promotion. Uh, in terms of the game, I didn't see the first half. I was listening to the the Oldham match. Unfortunately, they got battered, especially in the first half. I switched it over in the second because there was no way of a comeback. And I thought Wigan. Well, they tried everything, didn't they? They were they were pushing. I think. For for twenty minutes in that second half, they were ju- they were just hemming Huddersfield in. You know, it was constant pressure. For me, the team is playing for the coach, and I'm a, I'm sorry, but you know, there's a lot of Wigan fans saying, "Well, this ain't good enough. The tactics ain't good enough. There's no attacking threat." But you've got Bevan French out, who's your main focal point. And Zach Hardacre, who is also one of the main focal points. You've got bloody Jackson Hastings playing at fullback. I, I don't see, you know, how you can expect the performances of old, shall we say. For me, I agree that when they do go and attack, there's not much invention. But... You know, I think that's understandable, giving the players out. You know, in that match against Huddersfield, I think too many of them were just going forward and taking the tackle rather than looking for support. You know, there weren't many surprise players. They were easy to defend, I think, for Huddersfield. But, you know, Wigan, credit to them because they kept the pressure on. 
they finally found a bit of space and they finally got that them points to put them further ahead of Huddersfield. And I think it were Hastings and Farrell. Farrell's been a you know a really good player this year. He was last year, but he's done quite well. But I think the, the, the bit that helped them uh, get that try with the Harry Smith run, you know, which then gave Wigan a clear run through to the try line. But for me, who were picking up Harry Smith? Nobody tracked that run. He just walked through there. Nobody picked him up. Was it tiredness? I think probably it was, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, Wigan won and they were the better team. Especially in the second half. And Kai Pierce Paul as well, guy from London Broncos. You know, I think it was eight offloads. He won man of the match. You know, I don't. They were all accurate as well. So good performance from him. In terms of the rest of Super League, as I mentioned earlier, Castleford lost to Salford, seventy points to eighteen. Record points scored for Salford, and everyone's going to say, "Well, it was Castleford's youth team or whatever." Well, yeah, it were. But Salford can only play what they face. And uh, let's be honest, Salford had a load of players out as well. You know, where was Callum Watkins? Where was Kevin Brown? Where was Dan Sarginson? I could I could go on. So Salford had a lot of players out too. You know. It's another win for Salford and it probably propels them to safety, I think. You know, how many games are left? We're pretty much halfway now, so... Are they going to win three games? You know, they don't just need to win three games. They need to win a few more than that. You know, especially when the other teams are picking up wins... Even one in five wins, you know, that's even too much for for Lee. And, you know, they've had game postponed. When's that going to be played again? You know, is it going to be another midweek thing? They're going to, the schedule's going to be massive, isn't it? Also, Catalan Dragons won again. They beat Leeds 26 points to 18. I think that was a good effort from Leeds because... I didn't really expect Leeds to be so well, to be honest. It was 18-8 at half-time and I thought, God, Catalan Dragons are are waning as well, you know, as well as Saints have and Wigan have in recent weeks. But just a shout-out for Arthur Morg, who was fantastic and, you know, he's going to be some player come the next few years you know he 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 was weaving through everything whatever leads through at them he just kept going through you know it's like he gets where water doesn't that lad so yeah another win for Catalan Dragons and another step towards that grand final for Leeds Rhinos you know things are improving but they're against Catalans again next I don't get why we're having these same fixtures, actually. What is the point of them? Catalans are playing Leeds, just like they did last week. Well, this week. And we're going to play in Huddersfield next week, just like they have done this week. You know, it's a bit strange. And I think some of them are on Sky Sports again. So, a bit of a strange decision, but that's the sport we're in. In the rest of Super League, we had... St. Helens win, Wakefield 30 points to 14. Pretty close at half time, but I, I suppose Saints quality shone through. You know, that'll be good for the the uh, Challenge Cup final. You know, um, whilst Castleford did field the second team, it was still a 70 points loss. Whereas, you know, Saints are sort of increasing their pressure with the win. I think I'd rather win than that for Castleford. 
into the championship. I see we're running quite late here. Right, let's get on to the championship. Halifax beat Whitehaven. Now, I listened to some of that the first half, and Whitehaven were pretty much the better side, actually. You know, I think it was... I think Halifax at half-time were winning, but they scored a try right on the half-time hooter. And before that, they weren't that good, really. Whitehaven really frustrated them. And... Halifax, they didn't really end sets well. They had a man sim bin, so, you know, it would definitely get into them, the fact that Whitehaven were really frustrating them. But, right on the half-time hooter, the coach would have been going mad. I think it was a lapsing concentration at the play of the ball. And then Halifax went in and put the try over. And, you know... They increased the lead in the second half. So it ended 14 points to 4. So perhaps Halifax got away with one. You know, Whitehaven, newly promoted, do, doing alright. You know, I, I bet Swinton and Oldham had won, you know, some of what they've got. Four wins. They're doing as well as York. They're actually above York with all the win percentage and whatnot. Batley, they were leading to lose. I don't think many have been leading to lose uh, this year. Halftime to lose, we're winning 16 points to 12. But, you know, look at some of Toulouse's scores this year. That's a commendable effort. Nobody's gone that close so far. And I'm still waiting for that match, 1st of August. Feveston v Toulouse. What a game that's going to be. There's actually no championship on next week because of the cup, I think. I think it's because of the cup. The 1895 cup and the Challenge Cup. So a lot of teams have got a week off. York lost to London 50 points to 20. It was 2010 at half-time. London without a coach. Wonder who's going to get that job. But yeah, uh not sure with York on, in terms of their injuries, but they had a few last week, so I'm assuming they've you know, got similar issues again this week. Which, you know, is no, you, no good for them, is it? Because they're, they're just above Oldham in the relegation... Well, they're not in the... They were just above the relegation zone, aren't they? I don't think people would have expected that. But... Lots of mitigating factors this year. Lots of mitigating factors. Newcastle won again. They beat Dewsbury 24 points to 12. Also, other interesting results. Yep, uh, Oldham lost again. 54 points to 22. Most of them Oldham points came in the second half. You heard in my interview uh, with Chris Hamilton saying, you know, do you start games well? You, you've you not scored many points in the first half. Is that an issue? I think it is an issue for them because they've done it again, haven't they? And they, they did fight at some points, but for me, Bradford were going in, in that first half, when I was listening to it on the radio. You know, Bradford were going in with ease. They didn't really have to work for it. So they give themselves a mountain to climb, and they have been doing for quite a few weeks. You know, uh, Chris Hamilton mentioned, you know, Brian McDermott's going to get them back confident, going to make them believe in themselves. That's step one. But then step two is, you know, actually the skill. Because if you don't have the skill, you're not going to win, are you? No matter how much confidence or effort you've got. Uh, Sheffield won in a close match 30 points to 22 against Swinton another loss for Swinton I'm looking at Swinton and now I'm thinking if it's not now when is when when are they going to win York next and that's the 25th of July so that's some way away who have they got after that then they've got Dewsbury and then they've got Oldham now them, 
those games are vital because you've got York who are really struggling with injuries. They're also in the 1895 Cup, so they don't get a week off. Then you've got Dewsbury, who, you know, they're in and around York as well. And then Oldham, that's a relegation. That's the relegation battle, isn't it? So, you know, if, if they do, if they play these games and they're still adrift, I think that's it for them, isn't it? It's got to be. Also, Featherstone beat Witness 14 0 at half time for Featherstone. Let me just tell you <laughs> what happened with me uh, and Betting and Featherstone. So, Sunday afternoon, I opened my Coral Betting app and thought, right, let's have a look at the. There must be a promotion, you know, on for, for the England game, thinking, you know. Might get good odds for England winning. Well, it's a good job. It's a good job there weren't any because England lost, which was, you know, devastating. That penalty shootout was horrendous. But forget that. So I goes on the Coral betting app, saw nothing interesting about the England match. So thought, all right, what? Let's have a look at the rugby league betting. So it goes down to Feverston v Widness, and what do I see? Featherstone to win at five to one. I thought, what? Are you sure? Then I, I, I put it on my bet slip. I thought, right, for five to one for Featherstone to win. You know, get a tenner on that. So p- puts the tenner on. In the meantime, I'm scouring the, the news pages to, you know, have Featherstone got some sort of injury crisis? What what's going on here? Why why are they five to one? So. I deduced they, they must have made an error. They must have made an error. But, you know, that's that's their fault. That's no to do with me. I want my money. So it gets the £10 on. You know, it's all going well till about 20 minutes before kick-off. Get, get, I get an email and it says... Uh, well, I'll read it to you now. Where is it? I am writing to inform you that we've identified an incorrect settlement within the following bet you have placed with us recently. As a result of the st- incorrect settlement, we've made a correction to your account, which you can see by blah, blah, blah. So basically, they changed me bloody odds. So it were five to one, thinking, here, I'm quids in here. And then it, it reverted back to the usual odds, what it should have been, which were nine to one on. So I was... Uh, me, me winning stood to be about eleven pound eighty or something, eleven pound ninety. So I thought, for God's sake, I was fuming actually. I, you know, I was saying, you've just changed me as what the hell are you playing at? So I got onto the live chat and it's like, sorry, we cannot, we cannot cancel your bet. You know, you've I know. No matter how many times I said, you know, you've changed me flipping odds, I wouldn't have bothered to put the bet on. If it were five if it weren't five to one, why would I put a tenner on to win one quid? You know. So you know, I carried on emailing them saying, you know, what's going on here? I want my money back. But they said, um, so they came back and said, "Thanks for sending the screenshot. I understand the, the odds were five to one when you placed a bet, uh, but the bet had a price change, and your bet hasn't been settled. Um, the best odds guaranteed is available on horse racing and greyhound racing, which will be offered as displayed on the website. Um, so only those events uh, won't be changed. I think that means. So I'm sorry." But we're unable to avoid the bet because the match has started. So because they took so long in frigging responding beyond the kickoff time, me bet couldn't be changed. So I was thinking, and there was a time in that game where Featherston, you know, witness were coming back, and I was thinking, for Christ's sake, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna lose me ten quid here. But they won, so I'm not too bothered, even though I won one quid. So that's just a story for you. 
So if you do see some bizarre odds, I suggest don't bother putting any any money on it because, you know, they're just going to come back and say, we made an error. Well, that that's their error. I don't see why I have to foot the bill for their mistake. I didn't, they didn't even offer me a free bet either. That's a joke, that, innit? It's, you know, if I made the error, they wouldn't bloody come and correct it for me, would they? You know, if I incorrectly did something and I wanted I wanted to change it, oh no, sorry. That's nothing to do with us. You know. They that cheeky sods. Right, we're digressing even further here, right, into League One. Because Barrow, they've lost their unbeaten run. Forty points to twelve that was. So is is it all up is promotion all up for grabs again? You know? For for most of the year, it's been a dead cert for Barrow. They're still up there. They're still first. They're on eighty five percent wins, whereas Workington are on eighty three percent. Don't ask me how that works, but that's that's what it is. So yeah, uh, North Wales Crusaders got back to winning ways. They won thirty four points to twenty four. It was twenty six nil at half time. So that's a that's a big comeback from Hunslet. Who have also not got a coach unless unless they've appointed one in the last few days. Barrow, uh, not Barrow, it's because they've got the same name. West Wales Raiders, they bloody ran Rochdale close. You know, even up until the last few, you know, the last quarter of the game, West Wales were in that. So, you know, that's good for them. But. Rochdale did get the win and they did have a very long injury list as well but you know step in the right direction for West Wales I think the whole game benefits if they're doing better and that were it in League One that was there were no other games and that's your lot because I've gone on for way too long we'll be back next week with the same nonsense and another guest see you then <laughs>